Proverbs 22, and we saw a few verses last time. We ended with verse 6. We went through Proverbs 22, 1 through 6. We'll pick up from verse 7. It's good to hear the word over and over and over again. Someone please read verse 7 through 16, and then the next person who would like to read, you can read from 17 to the end of the chapter, verse 29. Praise God. Proverbs 22, NLT version, verses 7 to 16. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender, those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. The Lord preserves those with knowledge, but he ruins the plans of the treacherous. The lazy person claims, there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. The mouth of an immoral woman is a dangerous trap. Those who make the Lord angry will fall into it. A, young, a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness but physical discipline will drive it far away. A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by shoveling gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Praise God. Praise God. Someone else can continue to the end of the chapter. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. I am teaching you today. Yes, you. So you will trust in the Lord. I have written 30 sayings for you, filled with advice and knowledge. In this way, you may know the truth and take an accurate report to those who sent you. Don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court. For the Lord is their defender. He will ruin anyone who wounds them. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even you beg, 
your bed will be snatched from under you. Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers set up by previous generations. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God says there's a good life, a good way. And the good life that we're looking for results from hiding His Word in our hearts. Whether we're interacting with our neighbors, our family, people in the business world, on the street, God has an exact personality and behavior pattern that is patterned after His nature that He wants us to absorb and then live according to that nature which is the Spirit. We've often said that we can choose at any time to follow the Spirit or follow the flesh. The desires of the Spirit or the desires of the flesh. And the first step is to know that it's a possibility so that we can guard against it by preparing, learning the Word of God and being familiar with the nature of God. To know God is not just a concept or something that will satisfy the curiosity of a human being to philosophize and to think either in concrete or abstract terms. But the Bible is the most practical book in the world. To know God is the most practical thing a human being can ever do. It has a direct impact on the life. To know God means to be acquainted with His nature, not just know facts about Him, that He created things and He sets things in motion and this is what He does in history. The translation of that to our lives is, if God is like that and I'm made in His image, the shattered image due to sin that has been taken care of by the death of the Son on the cross to reconcile me back to God. Now I have the ability, the greatest thrill is not to pay $20 million to get on a space shuttle, to be among the few people, among the billions of people on earth, to go into orbit and go where most people never get to go, on some space mission. There are those who are not astronauts, not scientists, but they have paid the money to go in one of these spacecrafts to have that claim to fame. They're up there, up and out, out of the Earth's orbit and in space. The aspirations of people looking for meaning in life. Satisfaction is one thing, but deeper than that is the whole meaning of life. What is the purpose for existence? When we know God, everything is settled. But what does it mean to know God? It's to know His Word. In this psalm, this proverb here, we see the writer saying, I've written 30 sayings in the New Living Translation. And if you have a, a study Bible, or you have an asterisk there, you'll see that the Hebrew word that's translated as 30 sayings is actually uncertain and I don't see any other version translating it 
as thirty sayings. Rather, it says counsel or excellent knowledge or counsel. Nonetheless, whatever is conveyed here is from God through the writer. What is good? Verse eighteen. It is good to keep these sayings, which means the word of God, in our hearts, always ready on our lips. We have an answer, not just to other people, apologetics to be able to defend the faith and articulate what we believe and why is important to be a witness. But more than that, we need to have an answer for the stance we take in life against every situation we encounter. We need to have a ready position and approach. We can only get that from God to be victorious, to not be cheated or tricked by the enemy. We're told since we're little that we need to watch out. We can enjoy good things in life, what our parents provide and what we get in school or on the job, the benefits and all these things, but we need to be alert, we need to be, we need to be smart. Some people call it street smarts, having common sense and being wise being uh, alert. But only God can give us the wisdom that we need to outwit Satan to whom we're no match. But when we have the Lord, we learn of His nature, we know who He is. We learn what He says is good as the rich young ruler came to Jesus as good master what do I need to gain eternal life? How do you get that? I have everything else. I even have a good sense of morality and I've been practicing certain things, but I'm missing eternal life. It comes through faith in the Lord Jesus when He's revealed to us. He says, Good Master, and the Lord said to him, Why do you call me good? There's no one good but God. Do you understand that? But I'll tell you, you want an answer to your question? You know the commandments, keep these. We have some of those actually outlined in the very Proverbs itself. The young man said, I've kept all of these from my youth. Apparently he didn't keep the first one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul and strength. Because when the Lord says, I'll tell you what, you go and sell what you have, give all that you have to the poor and Come, you'll have treasure in heaven. You'll get what you're looking for, but give up that. The Lord struck a chord right there at his nerve center, which is that he was a lover of money. He couldn't let go of his position. No wonder the Lord said to the disciples, how hard it is, children, for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples thought, well, Father Abraham was blessed. He was rich. Isaac was rich. Jacob was rich. I thought it was prosperity from God. I mean, if those people who are rich can't get into heaven. What's going to happen to us? How, how do, how's it going to work? The Lord says what's impossible with man is possible with God. Even though it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, God can make it possible if that rich man lets go of his idolatry. What is the good life? To know what Jesus says to us because he's life and he's good.
to have him in our hearts and to follow him with every twist and turn that comes our way from life and life's decisions. So many things regarding our welfare in this life. We have to fill out paperwork. We have to make phone calls. We have to keep up with the news on this, that, and the other thing. Changes in the political scene and the governmental edicts, the policies on the job. We have so many things. We can't afford to be aloof. We can't afford just to lie down and say a prayer and not do what we have to. But there are people who cross their T's and dot their I's, as it were. They seem to be smart because their bills are paid always on time and often in advance. They're really smart. They know how to balance work with play. They seem to be the epitome of health and wealth and wisdom. At one point you can see them work hard on the job and Get that promotion. Very congenial. With people, they have people skills. Next moment you can see them playing racquetball with everything they have. Hard at play. The next moment you can see them at a coffee shop. Having a great time with friends and relatives. And then back on schedule. Setting their alarm clocks. And they're there every day at work. Grinding as it were. They seem to have it all. They have money. They have security, quote-unquote. They have friends. They have a good measure of health. The best clothing. They have the best vehicles. They seem to have everything. And you know what? They don't have God. And their question to us to God himself is why do I need God anyway I'm living the good life what a tragedy for a person to think that they can be good or have good ultimately without the one who is goodness himself we're given the instruction from the Lord over and over again that apart from Jesus, we only have deception, self-deception. Because for all the good someone can have, even if they live to be 90 or 100 years old, just amassing fortune, not by deceit necessarily or fraud, but hard work, wise investments, starting out with $1,000 in the bank, in a few years, multiply that to 100000 a few years down the line, $1 million, and then 10, 20 years later, 40 billion. Is it possible? We see it happen in the world with certain individuals. And then on a smaller scale and yet large for most people, there are many millionaires. Not everybody does it by fraud. And yet even the right way of doing things ends up as a great vanity in the end and mockery because the very book of Proverbs says nothing will deliver in the day of wrath only righteousness money won't deliver in the day of wrath I remember the tsunami that happened some years ago and uh, even flood situations there were 
on smaller scale. A rich couple were forced up to their second floor of their big mansion. And the water kept rising and rising. They couldn't do anything. They might have they might have had stocks and bonds, large property everywhere. Everything seemed fine. It was sunny every day for them. They had their polished vehicles, luxury vehicles. They had servants at their beck and call. Children were well-to-do, high society. And one natural disaster took everything away from them, their very lives. It's a graphic example of Matthew chapter 7. At the end of chapter 7, the Lord said, a person who listens to my sayings, notice here in Proverbs it says, what is good? The instruction, the sayings that God has given, though His word, for it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips, meaning there's a practical use of it. Not just a hearing, but a doing. And the Lord says in Matthew 7, that the one who hears my sayings, they, they know all about it. They can regurgitate it for you. He says, Matthew seven twenty four, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, Recall that couple I mentioned a few moments ago. The rain came and it took them away. But the one who listens to Jesus is teaching his word and obeys, the Lord says, they're going to stand and their house will be rock solid. No matter what situation arises against their house, meaning their lives, their families. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. It shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine by the sides of your house. Your children like olive plants round your table. Everything will be blessed. God will see to it that no matter what you face, it will come out on top. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of the mall. He delivered them out of the mall. Who can guarantee this simple, childlike waiting at the doors of the Lord God Almighty every day? Saying, Father, I'm zero. Even if many people congratulated me yesterday for an achievement, it's by your sheer mercy, Lord, I fear you. Father, I realize I'm dust. And the reason my house is standing, my life is intact, is because of you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Lord, I want to prosper because you delight in the prosperity of your children, your servants. And I'm on the same page with you, Lord. Everything I do, 
I wanted to prosper because that's your perfect will for me. A man that doesn't walk in the sayings of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, doesn't sit with those who mock people all day long, but he does something else. His friendship, communion and counsel is with the word of God, the commandments of the Almighty God. In the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. This is his companionship through the word from the mouth of God, day and night. That man will be like a tree planted by that rich resource of water which will guarantee chapter 1 of Psalms parallel to Jeremiah 17. That person will be as one whose leaf will not wither and furthermore leaves will always be green. Never stop producing fruit. Whatever that person does will prosper. This is the word of God. God is a good God. No matter what storm comes, like the eagles, he said, I will make you go right through it and rise above it. How glorious is our God? Who can compare to our God? Who says, I brought you through the valley of the shadow of death? Many times. And we have a tendency as human beings to quickly forget to be thankful and grateful to God. Because, as it says in Jeremiah 17.9, the human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Who can know it? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And yet the person who cleaves to the Lord day and night listening to his voice, his word, reading, meditating. Actually, playing it over in the mind, meditating, not just reading it and taking notes or doing a journal, but taking that through the day deliberately, it's not easy. Because it goes against most people's natural abilities to think faster than the speed of light. Many thoughts be preoccupied very quickly and easily, caught up in things, and then have to pull ourselves away from that thought life and habit to really come back to the Word. And so it's a constant back and forth. But to solve that problem is to be deliberate and say, Lord, you spoke this this morning. Lord, I read this, Lord. You said, listen to my sayings, Lord. You said that I will prosper. I can have the good life. Your desire is for me to prosper. Lord, the human heart is deceitful above all things, but you've given me a new heart. And I'm following the dictates of the Holy Spirit. I'm a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. I'm going to walk according to your word. And I'm going to meditate on it day and night. More than shopping, more than schoolwork or work, if I place the highest value on the Word of God, as I get to work or in the middle of my studies, I can actually discipline myself as important as things are and deadlines are there. 
to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. God is in control. He told me to do something. I am supposed to meditate on His Word day and night if I'm going to really prosper before Him. So, I will make sure, I remind myself, maybe some of you can have watches. We mentioned this actually to the men in the men's group, God's men group. And also at some of our meetings. It's a wonderful thing to pray without ceasing. But to help us in that endeavor, we can set alarms. And it doesn't have to be heard by everyone. It can be on a vibrate mode or silent mode that only you can hear. One of the best things is to have a watch. And uh, have a not just alarms that are silent to others, just a vibration on your wrist. And then a, a watch that actually has an hourly vibration alert so that we get it, get into the habit of praying regularly and frequently. And we can do another thing. When the alarm goes, praying and then stopping to meditate on the Word of God. Oh, what a prosperous life that will be. Not everybody needs an alarm. It depends where we are in our spiritual maturity, but even those who are spiritually mature, they can, by the virtue of their human frailty, be distracted and forget. And so it's something when we take some steps, such as a person who does their journal writing every day, that says something to God. That, Lord, you're important. Your word is important. And here's something I'm doing. And then as we walk with the Lord, He'll show us other things. But we can get also into a habit of doing many things with reminders and all these things and never really connect with God too. That's a greater tragedy. But if we have integrity and say, Lord, I'm, I want this to work. After all, all of this is meant for me to connect with you. To love you and to talk with you, Lord. To know you, Lord. When I read the Word, when I pray, when I set reminders for myself when I meditate on your word. All of that is to know my God, to know you, the greatest love of all, and to surrender to you, Lord, to walk with you, humbly walk with you. You said if I humble myself under the hand of mighty God, the mighty hand of God, Lord, you will exalt me in due time. And Lord, when you promote me and you use me, you make me a royal cup, my greatest desire when that happens is to glorify you all the more. My eyes are upon you, not upon me. What is good? What's the good life? It's a life that places the highest value in God's word and takes all sorts of measures to not cater to the flesh, to be distracted with vanity. What a waste of life we used to live we think about it, occupied with this ad and that ad and he said this and the news said this and I have to get this ready and I'm going here, I have that person to meet and what do they think about me there and what can I gain over here and what have I lost and just 24 hours down the drain, walking dead, spiritually speaking. God has given us a brand new life. To 
commune with our God, to say, Lord, your sayings will make me wise. Your word will make me glad. And I'll prosper when I meditate on what you've told me, Lord. I'm going to write it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to meditate on your word. Everything is your word. Your word is all I need. Your word brings life to me, healing to me, Lord. It's time for me to step up, perhaps, from how much I valued your word and what things I've allowed to I've allowed to distract me even in the course of a day from really meditating on your word. And I want to get to a point if I'm not there already to really stop the show, no matter what's going on, and say, My God comes first and his word comes first. He'll take care of everything. Didn't he say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added to you? It's really true. What a freedom we have when we do things God's way. God will empower us because the Holy Spirit will be well pleased when we love God's Word and we really treat God's Word as a treasure, not because of the way we hold our physical Bibles necessarily, but the way we actually use the Bible. The way we actually get into the contents of the Word of God. And understand that I have to have reverence for the Word of God. It's not just another book. It's not just a book of wisdom, a guidebook. No, it's life itself. The Lord said, the words that I speak to you, you can say the sayings, as in Proverbs 22. As in Proverbs 22. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. Their spirit, their life. This morning we are reminded that God has given us instruction. He's given us life. He says, listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these things in your heart and always ready on your lips. You know what will happen? The conversation will be full of the Word of God. To strangers, we'll be saying, thank God. People that we even know don't like God or don't believe in God will still say, I thank God because of this. God is so good. Oh, come now, you don't believe in God. As a certain physician try to put me down one time. So you believe in God? He said, how many children do you have? I said, five? He said, good luck to you. He said, I would never have children as a well-to-do physician. Not married, getting up in years. He said, because this world, everything's out of whack, he said. Government, the way the world is going, he said it's the worst decision anybody can make to have children. What an empty soul full of self-deception. Bitter. For all the money, all the ability to do things with that money. Bitter person. Lonely and miserable. Giving counsel to people who are blessed by God. Trying to. But we really have the best life because we have 
the living God who gives us the truth and he says it's good for you to keep the sayings in your heart there are a few things about the sayings we had already mentioned we place a high premium on God's word we will read we will write we will note things that God shows us whether physically on a piece of paper or on your electronic device or computer because we deem God's word as the most valuable thing the next is to conscientiously and consciously deliberately intentionally say during the day I'm going to think about what the Lord told me and I'm going to let that run in me and get into my system and start to change what needs to be changed because I don't want to just hear it and take notes and put it away as an archive and then dust my hands and say well I did my obligation but it's got to get into my system it's got to become part of me meditation and then memorization to know accurately the word of God these are things that just about every one of us know but we can actually start off with certain things and then slack off the encouragement this morning is give God everything you've got everything you said to do just do it and don't let the tyranny of the urgent as we mentioned before take away the greatest thing which is the word of God minimize and distract dilute the good experience we might have had at a meeting or in your personal encounter with God in your devotions tremendous touch of God and then watch it deflate because of not carrying that with faith and saying God has given me the word I, I cannot have a bad day today because my God has spoken to me hallelujah and I'm going to meditate on what God said. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. That's one of God's sayings in Joshua. Be bold, be strong, be courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Banish fear and doubt. Don't let it come near you. You're a child of the Most High God. With all of this, 1 Corinthians 13, make sure you have that agape love, the love that will not boast, of oneself, will not be rude, will not be arrogant or conceited, will not be jealous, will not be self-centered, will not be easily provoked, will not keep record of wrongs of others, so many things concerning love. When I have the awareness that God is on my side, He's spoken a promise to me, He also expects me to walk in His love and His fear. When I have a combination of this with the memorization the meditation, although it may seem like a whole bunch of things to do at once and I've never gotten a handle of it we might say never really got a handle on this where it becomes regular certain things are regular but not all of it the one who is diligent will be able to reap the benefit of the instruction and when we are diligent and we say Lord if you told me to med meditate 
if you told me to memorize your sayings, your word, if you told me to take it to heart, be diligent, do not forget it, be a forgetful hearer, there are certain things that I need to do. And the whole thrust of this is to know you intimately, to love you, to embrace your love. And then my way will be prosperous. I won't have that up and down yo-yo life trying to be spiritual and falling, succumbing to the flesh, being overturned quickly by some opposition that I meet. It will be a steady word, steady growth. If the word is steady in me, I'll have a steady growth and I'll have stability and strength. There will be spiritual maturity where I'm able to see that I can actually walk as my Lord walked which he requires. These sayings of God will give us the good life. It's a great thing to teach this to our children and other people. The first thing is I must teach myself how much do I love God and his word? Do I really believe that if I am, shall we say, obsessed with his word, God's favor will be upon me. And he will remove every mountain that stands in my way. He will exalt me. No matter what the people say, it won't come near me. He'll keep the plague away from me. Because the confidence I have is, God has loved me so much, he's spoken to me. And he's given me specific directions. You know, in the Old Testament, over and over and over again, God told Moses to tell the people, be careful, be careful, be careful to do exactly what I tell you to do. Don't deviate to the right or left. Do just what I say, and it will be well with you. You will dwell in the land flowing with milk and honey. You will be blessed in your going out and your coming in. Your basket will be blessed. Your children will be blessed after you. Nobody will be able to stand before you. All the days of your life. God says, I'll do it for you. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I will make you a lender, not a borrower who becomes a servant to the lender. I will make you to be above and not beneath. What a good word. When God is preparing his people to come into the promised land, he says these kind of things. He doesn't just say, watch out, you have the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites and the, all these sites. Terrible sights all over the land. And there are giants over there. Watch out. Make yourself nice little holes in the caves and don't let uh, the giant catch sight of you. And when you get the fruit that you did not plant, the crops for, the trees for, the seeds for, take it and run to the rocks and try to eat on the way as fast as you can before the giants catch up to you. Is what I'm doing for you. Be happy. Better than Egypt. That's not how God is. He said, now that you trust me and I've brought you out, you are my treasured people. I'm going to give you the best of the best. That's how much I love you. Has God changed? Do you know God wants to give us yet more? Hallelujah. From his bountiful goodness, the best. To destroy the spirit of fear in our lives. To destroy doubt. To destroy cynicism and unbelief. 
Just wipe it out completely so we're flourishing with our God, walking with Him, soaring with Him as eagles mount up with wings. God says nobody will be able to stand against you because you trust me. You'll have perfect peace. Your children, you don't have to worry about them. Whether you have one or twenty, I guarantee you, you fear me and you love me and you do what I say. Every one of them will become a weapon in my hands against Satan. They will prosper also. They're going to speak with the enemies at the gate. Nobody's going to come near you. Be able to stand against you. God has said these things to Israelites. It still stands true today. In the very book of Proverbs, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. God has a way of touching everyone around us, like he did for Daniel, a man that should have perished, because he defied the royal orders from the throne of Babylon to honor his God. He was a nobody in the sight of man, but he was greatly beloved in the sight of God because he feared the Lord, he loved the Lord. He's fearless against man. He feared God to obey God. What did God do? He subdued every kingdom that tried to capture him and make a mockery out of him through the tactics of Satan who tried to destroy him. God just made him float right to the top. All the people gnashed their teeth who were his enemies. They got destroyed. Did God change? Is it just for Daniel in Babylon or for the Israelites? Jesus said this, Behold, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy to tread on serpents and scorpions. Nothing's going to hurt you, ultimately. Submit yourselves to God, therefore. Resist the devil, that vicious murderer that no man can take or handle. The dragon. Nobody can handle him. No human being. No matter how clever, how big, how strong, how many weapons one has, the devil will decimate and destroy, pulverize any human being anytime, except for the grace of God. But when we are a child of God, children of God, when we're walking with God, no matter what the devil does through the enemies of Daniel to destroy his life, to rip him, to shred him into pieces through the lines, God says, I have a limit for your activity. You're not touching my son. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Even with Job, although he was touched, quote-unquote, ultimately he was not touched. His character was intact and he came out stronger than ever with twice as much. Consider Job, consider the people who listen to the sayings of God. Job was the one who said, at the end of that phrase, or that passage when he said uh, he knows the way I take when he has tried me I shall come forth as gold my feet have held fast to his steps I haven't declined 
from his way, from the commandments of his lips. And you know what, he, what else he says? He says, I have esteemed the sayings, the words from God's mouth more than my necessary portion of food. We embrace God's word. We go a step further. We see where we are lacking. And we say, Father, I, I want to do it all. Show me how. I want to read the word like I should with full concentration. Lord, I want to set aside a good amount of time. I want to be vigilant against the devil that will come to distract me even when I sit down to read. I want to be diligent to take notes, Lord, and what you're speaking to me, record it. Lord, then I want to close it and go about my day thinking about what you told me and letting that run through my mind because you said it will prosper me. Blessed is the man that meditates on the word of God day and night. Prosper in everything like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And Lord, I also want to memorize. Maybe we have started memorizing, we stopped sometime and we slacked off. All we need to say is, Lord, I see that these are important ingredients to make me strong and not have any kind of open door for the enemy to attack me. I want to be rooted in your word. I want to read the word. I want to document what you've taught, taught me. I want to meditate on your word. I want to memorize your word. And I want to have that word ready in my conversations as you want me to use it, Lord. I want to be a man or woman or child of the Word of God. God will lift us up like Daniel. He will bless us in the latter end like Job. He will prosper us and make us the head and not the tail like He promised the Israelites. He will bring us into the promised land and He has the best of the best of the best in this life reserved for His children. The greatest thing is the fellowship with Almighty God, to know that I know Him, to have His peace, and know that whatever dilemma we are facing, even this morning, whatever we need, and there's a problem, there's a friction, there's an attack, an assault from Satan, my God is able. He told me, if I hold fast to His word, that I will come forth like gold. He will answer from heaven. Show me great and mighty things that I didn't know. Jeremiah 33.3 when I call unto him. Why? Psalm 91. Because I have made the Lord habitation my refuge. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. Sayings, truth, word, commandments, Statutes. Law of God. It's the power of God's word more than any other book, any other saying. Again, there's spirit in life, Jesus said. So just embracing the divine, supernatural word of God in our natural minds through natural means of reading with our physical eyes, writing with our physical hands, or typing, and then thinking about it with our brains and mind touched by the Spirit of God. 
memorizing using our memory power. We think about so many things and we remember so many things that are useless. But here we have a chance to commit to memory that which will never fade away. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. How important is that word to know the word accurately? Use it as a weapon and as a shield. By faith. God says you will prosper. The fear of God will be upon us. And the fear of us will be upon those who come against us. God will see to it. And we'll prosper. Our children will prosper. Think about this this morning. And all that was said, what needs to be addressed in your personal walk with God that perhaps you have neglected or has kind of fallen away by the wayside. You're doing other things which are good, but some of these things need to be more conscientiously. worked out we will see a tremendous advancement in a spiritual life on the one hand through prayer and united efforts where the spirit of God is working in the church body like we have seen here God matures us through the trial and through that time of pouring out our hearts to the Lord and faith rises and there's a mutual love for God and for each other and there's a common cause the Holy Spirit has brought us to and everybody's growing because through the trial God is tempering us making us pure like gold and there are these other things to do not only during the trial times but in the off season be ready to preach the word in season and out of season know the word of God and the word of God put into our system by reading, writing, meditating, memorizing will cause us to have a ready answer for every situation and the amount to which it's actually getting in and practiced will be the degree to which it will readily come out at any given moment aided by the Holy Spirit because we've done our part. God does His part always. In any situation, we can look to God to help us to use the Word of God effectively because it works. And our witness will be that much sharper led by the Holy Spirit when we are full of the Word of God. Because the same Word that says, go broadcast this all over the world, preach the Gospel everywhere, also says to us that every man be slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to wrath. And the same word teaches us that Jesus said, I always speak what my Father says. I always do what He is pleased with, what pleases Him. And so with all the knowledge we gain, there's a, an effect on it from love. And humility to use it at the right time by the Holy Spirit in the right way. Once again, we conclude with this. Scripture says, who is sufficient for these things? God is. We can go to God and say, Lord, I've heard things. I know things. I've been taught things again and reinforced some things. 
I need to slow down. I noticed, have you noticed, certain times we can have all the energy in the world, when it comes to the things of God with certain aspects, we feel drained, we may feel that I'm not in the mood or I'm not able to. That's the devil working through the flesh, not only the physical body, but through the old nature. It's very true. Psychologically, we can be motivated by things that interest us. At a moment's notice, even sick people, when something is introduced, if somebody's a hockey fan, the favorite team won, and they're surprised and shocked and elated. They want to know who scored the winning goal and all this. All of a sudden you see that they seem to be getting better. We can check ourselves and really see whether we have a genuinely healthy appetite for God, the things of God, whether we're aggressively pursuing with everything we've got, the living God. Because he said, you have to thirst for him more than anything else. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. I am thirsty for the living God in a dry and thirsty land, David said. A man after God's own heart. God is looking for worshippers of Him in spirit and truth, those who really love Him, lovers of God. God wants all of us to be Theophilus. As we named our youngest middle name Theophilus, lover of God. And the ruler that Luke wrote to God wants all of us to be spiritual Theophilus, lovers of God, lovers of His Word. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for your sayings. Thank you, Lord, the very words, Lord, that you speak, their life to us. Thank you, my God, for those who are facing challenges this morning, Lord, all of us, Father, in different ways. I thank you that you are the answer. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God, for helping us, Lord. I pray, help each one of us to reflect on how to tie up the loose ends as far as our spiritual responsibilities go, spiritual disciplines, so that we can flourish. And all excess baggage and waste of emotions on things that don't matter, futile thoughts and wandering minds, all of that will be arrested. Eliminated because we're continually meditating on your lovely word. What sort of things are true and honest, lovely, of a good report, praiseworthy, virtuous? These are the things we want to meditate on, Lord. We want to meditate on you, the most beautiful person in the whole universe, God Almighty. And the word that gives us good success, real success. Lord, I thank you for bringing the people in our church out of uh, a lifestyle of going to God during emergencies and then quickly complaining when finances don't work out or relationships don't work out or we don't get to have our favorite meal that we had our heart set on, something happened to it, to a maturity that nothing will move us and we are glad in the Lord. And the greatest desire is to esteem your word above our necessary portion in this life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that through you, 
all things are possible. And I pray that you do the impossible even today, Lord, for your people. Abba, Father, I pray that every soul will be drawn close to you, closer to you. That steps will be taken by each of us, Lord, remembering what we heard to do our part so that we can be even stronger than when we first heard this message. We thank you for these things. I thank you for your calling upon every believer's life that is on the call. Jesus, you have a high calling for each one, Lord. You want each one, Lord, to set the world ablaze for you. Fill them, Lord, to overflowing. The Holy Spirit, I pray, this day, Lord, the day that you've made, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you. You delivered us from death. You kept our feet from falling, our eyes from tears. You set our feet in a large place, Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Blessed be your name, O Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you for solving all our problems one by one as we trust you, believe your word, meditate on your word, memorize your word, use your word. For these things, I thank you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.